0: So glad to speak, you know, here today. I got to tell you, it's really an honor because there's so many people here that could do a better job than I could do, both men and women. Uh, we really are a church of ministers. And so for me to be able to come up here and speak to you guys is uh, really a privilege. You know, I, I again, there's so many who could do a better job or certainly do the job for sure and fill this today um, so I'm very, very lucky to be here, and, and, I, and I, I'm, I'm thankful, thankful. So, um, so well, let's see, how do we do this? I got a couple things I have to do. I have to turn this on. That works, right? I turn that on, and then, do I hit the first button to do the slide, Chris? Is that what happens? Okay, so if I hit this, we see a slide. No. If I hit this, we see a slide. Oh, oh, too far. I hit it twice. All right. All right, cool. So here here's the task today, right? It's a very simple task. We've had two great speakers. We've had one that's talked about the power and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I heard that was a fantastic sermon and people really touched. We had that. Then we had Jamie last week talk about greatness. And then um, you know, we've got Father's Day. And then it's Juneteenth, right? So... I don't have much, right? There's not much, much opportunity to talk about things today that are important. It's, it's, it's a really big thing. So the simple task is, is that I bring all those together in 20 minutes, right? In 20 minutes. So, <clears throat> so a big challenge. Anyways, let's start out and let's look at this little saying. I don't know. I know it's probably hard for you to see, so I'm going to read it to you. It says, The Infinite God an infinite God can give all of Himself to each of His children. He does not distribute Himself that each might have a part, but to each one He gives all of Himself as fully as there are no, as though there were no others. And I love that. That's an A. W. Tozer quote, and I often start sermons and teachings with that because it's so important and so heavy. Uh, just think about it, right? Think about who God is on the big side of things but he's he's big enough to have created everything that we see that exists and everything that we know. But at the same time, because he is infinite, he's able to give 100% of himself without taking anything away to you. So in other words, if you were the only person, God treats you as if you were the only person that really exists. And he has all the time in the world for you. You know, it's very funny because I think most men... well, at least I think of movies, right? And you think of men praying. They'll pray in movies and they'll say, "God, I know you, guy, big guy. You know, you don't have a whole lot of time, and you're really busy taking care of things on the earth. And and things are really, you know. But could you just, you know, I just need a little bit of help right here, right? That's sort of a a typical prayer that you would hear on, uh, you know, on, on TV. Uh, but it's, nothing could be further than the truth. Uh, God has all the time for you, and it's really not. Uh, us trying to get in line uh, so God can hear us, but it's really God waiting for us to come to him. And in that idea of infinite is in giving all of everything that he has to you, it takes nothing away from anyone else. And so that really goes deeper into the idea of all things. So if God heals you, does that mean that his healing power is somehow diminished and unable to heal someone else? No, because he's infinite. If God provides for your family because you're in need, does that take away from his wealth? No, because he's infinite. But we don't ask God for things in that. We ask for little things from an infinite God. And God's saying, man, ask. Ask so that your joy can be filled and so that it glorifies God. He desires. He desires to help you. He desires to come alongside you. He desires, you, does, desires to give you fullness and completeness. But, you know, he wants you to learn some things too, right, along the way. So just like any good father, he doesn't give you everything you ask for, and he gives you things according to what are good for you and what you need. So, but I just wanted to start there because I wanna lay a foundation for dads. could talk about Father's Day, right? So we're gonna get into that. And it's a little unbalancing here on the black state. I feel like I'm losing my balance. Um, So talking about dads, we're living in a day when Uh, things are pretty difficult for dads. It's not exactly um, a highly praised role on one side. On the other side, uh, we have dads that are bailing out. Right? So we've got those two things going on. But I think it's God that's called dads to hold the line in the things that we see going on in our world today. It's kind of interesting, you know, uh, trying to think of the scripture verse, but it, it goes something like this. In the old King James, it says that there's a mystery of iniquity that's being held back. And it says, until he that letteth lets, that mystery won't be revealed. It's talking about, it's talking about this, you know, evil, the Antichrist. Some people would refer to that as the Antichrist, but the coming of of the evil one, if you would. That it talks about in Thessalonians, and in other versions, it refers to it as holding back until he that that reveals, right? Uh, or take is taken out of the way, is taken out of the way, and and I just really been meditating a lot on that. And and guys, what if you know? I've always been told that that being taken out of the way or he that letth, that lets, you know, is the Holy Spirit. And I get that, that the Holy Spirit's in us, but what if God's saying it's you? What if he's saying, and, you know, when you're taken out of the way, that is when, when you let, that's when evil takes over. Maybe he's saying when you take a step back and when you bail out, when you give up, Maybe that's when evil takes over. And so, how does that fit into the scripture? Well, the scripture in Ephesians tells us we have this armor of God, right? And it says, in the evil day, take your stand. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then. Right? After you've done everything to stand, stand firm So that's why I started with this infinite God, because you're not going to stand without an infinite God, and you're not going to stand without infinite resources. But if you know that your resources, if you believe, if you know that you know that your resources are infinite, what is there to fear? Really? What is there to fear? And, you know, I don't want to spend the whole 20 minutes on this one Slide, but take this one step further. Scripture tells us not to fear anything except for God. Don't fear anything except for God. Don't fear anything except for God. But we're commanded to fear the Lord. I mean terror, holy terror, because we understand who God is. We know He loves us, so it's not a fear that when we come to Him, that He's gonna condemn us or judge us. We're not not there, but the power of God, right? The fear, the power of God, and that we have to give account and answer for who got to God ultimately for what we do in our life, right? So there's this, this fear. Why the fear of God? Because anything else that you fear, anything else that you fear is God. Think about it. The thing you fear, men, the thing that you're afraid of, that's God. Because you're saying whatever it is that you're afraid of is greater than, than God. But when you... I, this, is, this is a cure for anxiety. The, the cure for anxiety and to have peace in your life is to fear God greater than anything else. Because when you fear Him and you really know who He is, you come to a place of complete peace... And certainty that he's got it, and that you're not on your own. And it just brings a trem- so everything else. I can get down now. I did my thing right. That's um, that's the most important thing. Um, I'm gonna move one verse here. What did I do with this? I got it right here. Okay, we'll go to the next verse. So, why are we in the mess that we're in? So, I get a little serious here. I'm going to be a little serious. We're going to get a little lighthearted in a minute. But why are we in the mess that we're in? So, you see here this hand of God. I don't know if you can see that from your seat in creation. And God's in the beginning and he's created. This is the infinite God in creation. And he designs things from the largest thing that you can imagine the universe, the multiverse, the cosmos, whatever it is, right? Whatever exists, heaven and earth, God has made. And he has made the smallest things, right? So he's in the details. So don't think God is so far out there that he doesn't have time for the details because if we were capable and we're not, the inner space is as complex as outer space, scientists would tell us. The deeper we go with the instruments and the technology that we have into molecules and atoms and the more complex we see that it is. So God is in the details, and he's in the larger part as well. And we know God created, the universe shows his handiwork. He created you specifically, not just you, but specifically you by name. He knew you by your name, the scripture says, and he cho- chooses you. Um, and there's this connection that we have with God. That's a particular worldview, right? Right? Then there's another worldview, right? And I want you to imagine this worldview. This worldview is predominant in our age. Okay, I, you guys, I'm talking to guys, right? So has anybody ever put together a model? You know, the glue, you glue, you know, your model airplane, model tank, um, you know, model. Yeah, you've done that. Maybe, maybe more modern, younger guys, are thinking of maybe it's uh, uh, Legos, right? Yeah, Legos, right, exactly Legos. Let's, let's, take, let's take a box of a model and we take it off because of the, they come in these little things that are all stuck together. We take all the pieces and we put them inside a box and we shake that box up and we shake it up and we shake it up and maybe it takes a year, maybe it takes a million years. Maybe we get lucky in the first, I don't know. We shake it up, shake it. Can you imagine that when you open up that box at some point, that model, complex model, let's say it's a B-52, you know, is going to come out and it's going to be complete. All those parts are going to be together. They're going to be exactly in the right place and every component, and it's going to be that perfect model that you wanted to make. Imagine that, right? That's a worldview that says that's how things started. They just start, you just just have to shake the box enough times. I mean, if you just shake the box enough times, eventually chance is going to bring that B-52 together, right? It's going to happen. At some point. Now imagine this. The box is empty. And you shake it. How long do you think it's going to take to form a perfect B-52? Right? Shake it, man! Shake that box. How long? Now now wait a minute. Imagine there's no box. No, No, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Imagine there's no hands. Do you see? Do you see the absurdity in that worldview. And the absurdity of that worldview leads to absurdity. And that's what we're seeing. That's what we're dealing with in our society today, is complete absurdity. But it's the natural conclusion, the natural result of that worldview. And so we as men, we have to hold the line, right? We have to hold the line. We can't dip into utter darkness and absurdity. So I know you're supposed to throw softballs on Father's Day, right? It's like, you can't, you can't hit hard, right? And I'm not hitting hard. Look at, I know the stress that you're under. I have seven children. I have 12 grandchildren. I know what it's like to worry about being able to pay the light bill. I know what it's like to have a child without having a health insurance. And having them sick in the hospital. I know what that's like. So I, I get the weight that's on us, and then I get the weight that we're dealing with too in relation to the challenges that are going on in the world. It's, it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. But our God is so much bigger if we'll really just start leaning on Him. If we begin to lean on Him, uh, that's where it all comes from. So our Father, let me stay. got to switch the, this one too. I've got two to be able to see the screen. I don't have to look around. I've got this going on here. Okay. Are we good? our father. Okay. Did you know, now here's where your strength comes from. So we're going to, guys, we're going to, we're going to inhale and we're going to get strong here. We're going to get strong because your family name comes from God. Did you know that? Your family name goes, every name, Scripture tells us, for this reason I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. Every family, ultimately every family. So you say to me, you know, you just don't know. I'm not a superstar. I'm not a hero. My family is, you know, we kind of have a bad name. Our family, no, maybe... A generation, maybe a couple of generations, but if you keep going back, generationally speaking, you go back to God, right? And that's why I showed right below Jesus, just this little bit of his family line going back, right? And all of us can trace our family line back like Jesus did. Jesus is going from Joseph all the way to Adam. We could go back if we had our family history, back to Noah and his sons, then track it back with Jesus all the way to Adam. And it says here, not only was Jesus the son of God sent from heaven, but he was the son of Adam who was the son of God. So you are the son of, son of, son of, son of, be careful there, right? (laughs) Son of, son of, right? You're the son of someone and continuing to, and ultimately you're the son of God. And through Christ Jesus, through his work, did I switch? Because of Christ, we're restored to that. We're reconciled to God, right? We're reconciled to God. It says here, let me flip this over so I can see it from here. It says, because of Jesus, see what great love the Father's lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. That is what we are. His love isn't you know, a little favor. You need a little help, a little little bit of grace not to get the ticket speeding home to get to the cookout, right? Just a little grace. No, he lavishes his favor on you. It's God's resources are lavished on us. He pours them out. And you're like, I, I don't I don't I don't know, man, I don't see it. I don't I don't I don't know. I don't feel it right now. Be patient and ask, and wait with expectation, believe, and then ask for things that match up with what God wants you to match up with. Uh, When I was young, struggling, like I said, uh, financially, and my family's growing, (laughs) uh, you know, I was really, Danielle here, (laughs) hi, Danielle. My daughter, Danielle, she's, Danielle's number four, and when my wife got pregnant with her, I was really, I was pretty angry, to be honest with you, because uh, well, how does the joke go, it's like, you know, you, you want to know what it's like to have, I don't know if it's number four, but to, to have another child after you have a child, uh, just give somebody in a swimming pool a baby, right? They're in a swimming, imagine being in a swimming pool and someone hands you a baby. So if you imagine drowning, right? And I've got three kids, I'm drowning and somebody hands me a baby. So I wasn't, I wasn't really too excited about it. And I had very high aspirations of being successful. And I thought, man, I, I mean, I'm really driving toward success. I want to, I got a small business. I want to be, I want to be rich. You know, I want to, I want to be successful. And God set me down and he spoke to me and he said, look at son, he said, here's the scripture verses about wealth. And went, wealth, you know, it's, it's a snare. It can be a real challenge, you know? It can bring in a lot of problems if you go through Proverbs and you read about wealth. And not, not that wealth is bad necessarily in itself. It's the love of money that's the root of all evil, right? But over and over again, the scripture kept talking to me about how what a blessing that children are and how they're a reward from God and how a man who has found a good wife has found a good thing and has the favor of God. And God had given me those things. And in this time when I'm completely I'm, I'm broke and things aren't going well, I started to turn my attitude around and recognize how rich I was and really realized how much favor I had for God. And I just started thanking him. And I started believing that that was God's favor. So I kept going. <laughs> so, we got, so we had three more after Danielle. You know, so, and you know, here's the crazy thing is God provided, you know, we needed a, a bigger table and God provided a bigger table. Um, we needed a bigger car and God provided a bigger car. We needed a bigger house and God provided a bigger house. We needed, you know, we needed more and God just kept pouring into us. The more we stretched out in faith. It wasn't the less we had. It was exactly the opposite. The world today will tell you don't do something crazy like that or you'll have nothing. I'm just telling you from personal experience, God pours out. The more you have, the more he gives you. The more he just poured it out. He just kept pouring out and pouring out and pouring out, and he still is. And it, I can't explain it. I, I just know that he says He does. And when we trust him, I'm challenging you guys, man. Don't be afraid. Keep going. Hang in there. Stick. Your father loves you. He will not let you go hungry. He will not fail to supply for your family. He will not fail to supply. Just trust him. And thank him for what you have. Thank him for what he's given you. He's giving you good things. Your father gives you good things. He doesn't give you the things that... You know, maybe you think are good. Maybe you think that promotion's a good thing and you really want it and there's nothing wrong with a promotion, but maybe God says, well, to me, I get that that's important to you, but to me, that means less time with me. It means less time with your family. It means less time. It means distraction. You know, maybe that's the way God looks at it. So try to look at those things from God's perspective and here's the thing about it is ultimately you might think that something is the desire of your heart, right? You think, this is the desire. This is what I want. This is what I want. But what I've learned is God sometimes takes those desires away or doesn't allow you to have that desire, but then he moves you on a different way and a different direction. And then when you get there, you discover, oh, this is really what I wanted. That's where, you know, I look at my family today and I see what I have today and I say, oh man, I'm so thankful that God gave me these. I got to tell you, during the days when my kids were growing up as teenagers, we had so much fun. Was it always perfect? No. Was it always perfect, Danielle? Yeah, yeah, it was really good. It was really good. No, it wasn't always perfect, but we had fun. I mean, God, he kept me so young through my 40s and my you guys look at me. I'm 62 years old. And I still feel pretty young. You know, I think it's because of them. I think it's these kids that kept me young and we did so much stuff, we had so much fun. And I realized, I just woke up one day and I said, you know God, every dream I ever had, you've given it to me. But it isn't at all what I thought I wanted when I was 20. It isn't at all what I thought I wanted when I was 25. But it is today. Still got some time. All right, so the joy of fatherhood, right? That is, look, this is my, this is my um, son-in-law, Kyle. Oh, it's not up there. Okay, yeah, keep, keep forgetting I got to do this. Well, back one. Back that's funny. We're, we're going to get to that in a minute. There, joy of fatherhood. That's, that's my son-in-law, Kyle, and my oldest grandson. Do you guys remember that? You remember having... The first one, right? I mean, man, this is what life's about. It was so fantastic uh, to see him grow. And for me, just going back and looking at it and remembering that, that moment, as well as then going back and remembering the moments that I've had as well. Um, and then the next slide here is a little funny. You uh, like this, right? It's kind of some of the fun you have. You can't. Right? Throw something at me, man. I was there. Do you guys know? You guys, any anybody watch the movie The Christmas Story? Familiar with the Christmas story, right? That's a real famous one. Right? And the dad in that Christmas story? That was my dad. Right? <laughs> and and you know, we had this old, we never had a new car because we had a bunch of kids. My dad did too, following his footsteps. And you know, and we lived up north, so it would get cold. So this car would never start. You know, it's the coldest day. The coldest day of the year, the car doesn't start. And I'm out there holding the flashlight for my dad. And believe me, if you watch Christmas story, you know the dad had a pretty, pretty wild language, right? Pretty wild language. That was my dad. I mean, he could, he could let it go, right? And then the furnace, the furnace would always break down. Always break down. And I'm under the crawl space. In winter, and we're fixing, you know, a furnace, and so yeah, you can't, you guys, you guys know what that's like. But you know, let me tell you something about my dad that was very interesting. Uh, about him is he was a little detached, uh, and to what I thought, anyways, and um, definitely, diff, certainly different, very different than, than than the way that I hope I've raised my kids. But he was faithful. If I had to describe anything about him, he was faithful. He worked as hard as he could to supply for his family. And uh, he, never, he never made a lot of money, um, but we never were hungry and we, we had food. And so we weren't poor, but uh, you know, never a new car or anything really super nice for himself. And he had won in a raffle from work, this really nice fishing rig that he got. And he, he always wanted one and he loved it and it was beautiful, and it was very expensive. And one year, when things weren't going really well, uh, he sold that so that we would have enough money for Christmas, you know? He never left, he never bailed out. Even though it was difficult, he hung in there, and he gave it everything that he had, you know? So that's my memory of my dad. But, you know, guys, here's where we start to tie some of this into greatness and get into the idea of what God's called us to do. So, Mark had talked about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and that might be a very strange term for you guys. It, believe me, I've been a Christian for over 40 years, and it took really for me 40 years to understand what that term means. And I'm not gonna try to explain it here, but I'm just saying to you, if you really want to experience a closeness of God and a manifestation of God's spirit in you for the strength that will get you through these days, you know, I'm happy to talk with you about that. I don't think I can explain it to you right now or expect anything super, I'm not to happen. I I don't know. I mean, God can do that, but I'm just telling you, seek that think about it. Start to look at that in your theology. Think what you, what do I think about this? What do I believe about this? What do I think about this being true? And what does it mean? And I'm just encouraging you to find that because these things are, you know, the result of the Holy Spirit living in your life. That's your superpower, guys. It isn't like um, it's a power that we call on like uh, somebody who's a you know would a from a crystal or something like that oh I'm god I mean it's not that kind of thing at all as a matter of fact you're in the case of with the Holy Spirit you're the instrument and the Holy Spirit's the power mm-hmm. so you're the sword that the Holy Spirit yields wields you're the you're the hammer that builds through the power of the Holy Spirit right so but when the Holy Spirit comes into you and he starts working that's exactly it you can stand your ground because he's wielding you, right? He's wielding you, yeah. And it's these things like this love, joy, peace. These are the fruits of the spirit, right? And there's there's so much more. If you read the scripture about the Holy Spirit, King David, you think about the practical things, right? King David said, I can bend a bow of bronze. I can leap over a wall. He wasn't bragging. He was a powerful warrior. He slew Goliath. How did he do that? Through the power of the Holy Spirit, he was able to stand, right? The power of the Holy Spirit has subdued kingdoms. It's given men power to subdue kingdoms. It's given them the power to stand up in the face of incredible fear and persecution. So it's very practical. And then, you know, even, even more practical, um, am, I, am I on the right, I, I missed that. I forgot to change for you guys. See, look at it. I have a slide, <laughs> right? I have a slide and we're going to go. But here, the empowering for believers is very practical. So guys, you need some smarts for work. You need creativity. Where, where do you think creativity comes from? It comes from the creator, right? You want to become an inventor? Have you ever asked God? You want to write a book? Have you ever asked your Father in heaven, the Holy Spirit who lives and dwells in you, empower me to become creative? God can make you rich through creativity. He can give you the next and latest thing, right? The next great invention. And we need those. Right? We need those things in our society. We need men who are led by God, who are creative. Some of the greatest creations that have come out of the 18th, 19th, and 20th centuries have been from men of God. Some of the greatest scientific discoveries have come from men of God. Where did they come? They came from the power of the Holy Spirit and God revealing things to them. Very practical. Wisdom, knowledge. Knowledge, you know? I can't tell you the number of times... <laughs> The number of times I've leaned on God in work situations and relied on Him to bring about knowledge and understanding and things that I knew nothing about, and so easily they came. They came so easily. I knew, nothing wrong with school, nothing wrong with training, but God can give you insights that even those things can't, and He can enhance what you already have. It's very practical. It's real. The Holy Spirit is real and practical. It's not some mystical thing you do at church. And thank God, I'm going to tell you right now, thank God heaven is in a church service right? <laughs> it's not eternity where we get together and we do worship songs only and we have a church service. Heaven is a new creation. It's a new heaven, and a new earth. It's a kingdom where there is going to be so much to do, so much to build, so much to explore, so much adventure that God has for us. That's the hope, right? That's the hope of our future. And it's so exciting these things are practical to get us through and to sustain us until God sets up his kingdom, right? It, but we got to rely on them. We got to ask for him. God, help me. Miraculous powers. We just talked about Samson, right? We're not just talking about mystical powers, but literally in the sense of strength and soundness of mind. That's what God's called us to. And we need that today. We, we cannot, we will not, we will not succeed against the challenges that we have. We won't. Unless we, unless we rely on God. Unless we, unless we dig into this and we get close to it. And God calls us to. God has so much for you. He has so much that he wants you to do. And it's exciting. It's exciting. You're living in the most exciting day. Not, not the most fearful day. The most exciting day because there's challenges where you'll be able to stand up and stand your ground and God's looking for heroes. And I know, look at, I know you, that's not me. No, it's not, but it is you when you're empowered by God. It is you. And you're going to stand, and the reason why you're going to stand is because you're going to stand, like Jamie said, greatness, right? So to tie it into greatness. God's called you to greatness and you're going to stand because of your families. You're going to stand for your wife and you're going to stand for your children and you're not going to give up. You're not going to let it go. You're not going to let the evil one take over. Not on your watch. It's not going to happen on your watch. Amen. Right? Yeah. I'm going to pray a blessing on you guys. Almighty God, who is able, (laughs) who is strong enough, who can meet this task? We are facing a time of unprecedented evil in our country. And the evil, Father, isn't necessarily because of mean, in some cases it is, but intentional people who are trying to destroy things. It's a natural result of people who have turned away from you and don't know. They, they're, they're living out the insanity of a world without God. And, uh, Father, we pray for them. We pray that everyone would come to know and understand and realize the truth of who God is. We pray for that. But right now I'm praying for these men that today, as you've given them commission to stand for their families, to stand for their wife, To stand for their children, to stand for their neighborhoods, their country, their families. Uh, Lord God, we are asking that you'd empower them, that you would empower them with a commitment and a strength and a resolution that's unwavering. With courage, Father, as we think about this, the fire that would come into their hearts to make them courageous to be able to stand beyond what they could even imagine so that when they look back and they see, and they won't even believe what God has done through them. I know that you can do that. I know that you will do it. And I know that it's your desire to do it. Bless them in Jesus' name. Amen.